0: Hello! Is that too loud? Hey everyone! Is that too I'm loud? Rob! You sound like a puppet. Woohoo! Hello and welcome nope. to Cast Royale. The- oh, wait, 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 hold what? on, hold on. I did. All right, go ahead.
1: That was it. No, that was bad. We got that YouTube thing going. We had that YouTube thing going. Well, right. I gotta get on that. Cast Royale. It's not called the Boom Show. Although, I've been thinking. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> They gave you three fries. Three, three fries, fries. tree. I want three fries. Three, can I get Can I get three
0: three fries in a Big Mac, please? Do you want a large fry or a small fry? No, 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 no. I want three I want, fries. I just want three
1: three total fries. Singular <laughs> French fries.
0: Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob.
1: And I'm Joe. And this week, we cover the balance changes, discuss the new meta, open some chests, and more. Boom.
0: Whoo! that was a
1: mouthful. Lots of, lots of, lots of stuff to talk about. But we're at episode 44, baby, let's go. I know, that kind of feels really good a little bit. Not gonna lie.
0: (laughs) Wait, that kind of feels... Kind of feels really good a little bit. Don't you know I talk in circles like that? You should know this by now. You've been with me for how long? 27 years? Yes, and you sound confused. I'm always confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always confused. Perfect. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, Like we said, we have a lot to talk about, so let's get started. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So how's your week in the arena going?
1: Week in the arena has been okay. I've been playing a lot, a lot, a lot of ladder matches, dude. Like, I am what you would call your ladder savvy. I don't know if I'd say I'm ladder savvy. I try real hard, but I'm currently sitting at forty-seven hundred trophies. Oh, was pretty cool. Oh, actually, dude, get this. You know how the season resets and everybody kind of goes down to the same, the same like rank in theory, right? Because everyone either goes to four thousand or forty-three hundred or whatever, right? That has been known to happen from time to time. Yeah, two weeks after the the season reset. I hit forty seven hundred trophies, which is the quickest I've ever done it before, and I was ranked ten thousandth in the world. Like on the nose? No, it was n- like nine thousand five hundred and something or another. So you're being a little humble. A little humble. I couldn't believe it. Like you, w- when you get that high, it it shows up on your profile as like a number on your badge. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I didn't know that that happened, and I probably will never see it. <laughs> I didn't know what happened either. Someone in our Discord messaged me like the second it happened, they must have been like stalking my profile, but they told me about it and I was just like, thank you so much. I would have never even thought because guess what? As soon as I got there, Trophy Death Spiral went right back down to
0: 4,500 trophies <laughs> and I lost that rank completely. Hmm. Well, I still can't say that I'm not happy for you. That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty impressive accomplishment. Not going to lie. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. So my week has not been nearly as good, but it has been pretty good. Uh, I made it to 44.12 so far as my current high. Boom. Yeah. Um, and I got another legendary from the season end draft chest. Okay. What'd you get? The Inferno Dragon.
1: Dude. Mm-hmm. The Inferno Dragon is like all over the place right now. The Inferno Dragon is fire. Literally fire. Get it? See what I did there? I saw it, man. You didn't sound confused when you said that. <laughs> I wasn't conf- That time, I was not confused, for sure. No, that was good. No, the Inferno, I'm so happy for you. That That is a fantastic card. You know, it's funny, because we'll get into the balance changes a little bit later, but before
0: those came out, this card was pretty irrelevant. Yeah, and now, since it's been relevant, I've been getting it a little bit more often, which is fantastic, so I can't, I'm not going to complain. Anytime I get a Legendary, even a Sparky, I don't really care how bad she is, I'll still be happy, because it's rare.
1: I agree with you. What, let me just restate what I just said. I said that before the balance changes came out, it was pretty bad. But that's not true because it was only good in the bridge spam deck. Now it's pretty good in a lot of different kinds of decks. So,
0: boom. Well, that's true. Um, and also, I was able to max out my mortar. Bada, bada, bada. Boom! boom!
1: Dude, that is fantastic. How do you feel right now? Can you just tell me like, when, you, when that
0: happened, when the moment happened, what was going on in your mind? Well, I will tell you that I had like 99,800 and something gold, right? But and who's counting? S- right. Well, I mean, it, it, was a, it was a very memorable moment for me. That's all. So as soon as I got the gold, I didn't, you know how like when you get enough gold to do something in the game, you're like, eh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I wonder if I should spend it on this. Maybe I'll spend <laughs> it on that. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I won't do that. Maybe, 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 right? Yep immediately went directly to my mortar and upgraded it because I was just like, Rob, you did not spend all this time, all these requests to get all these mortars to just not upgrade it. And I needed my first maxed out common, right? So to concisely answer your question, it felt fantastic. Did you feel like I felt
1: when I got level 13 mortar? I almost immediately thought about Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I
0: know you, don't, you said it last time. I know. I even sang on the podcast, oh, I know I was guess what I was there. I witnessed it.
1: I came in like a wrecking ball
0: you know the first the first part of that was actually pretty good that you you dropped it at the ball, which in most situations would be pretty bad, but in this situation, because the mortar drops its rock, it's appropriate, so I dropped the ball right, like a mortar. <laughs> all right, let's move on <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of stuff has been happening in this game uh. 2v2's coming back.
1: Oh my gosh, I am so happy that this is coming back. And did you see that they are not currently bringing it back in a competitive format? They are bringing it back in the casual format that it left in.
0: And that's the way it should be. It seems like all our
1: cries and woes have been answered. I totally agree. Can I just say one thing that I sometimes don't like about 2v2s as much as I love them
0: with all of my heart? Well, there's like 50 things we like about 2v2s, so it's okay to have one or two things that you don't like. Having 2v2s provide
1: similar or the same rewards that the 1v1 ladder does kind of limits how many people play the ladder. And I just wish that they had two separate reward systems. So what do you want? Like a different chess cycle? Maybe. No, I, I like the chess cycle. But like maybe playing the ladder gives you different rewards. Like there's an additional benefit to playing the ladder versus the benefit of playing 2v2 casually and not in a ladder format is that you can still get ladder chests and crown chests, right? Mm. So in the ladder format, you should get all of that and maybe some more because I just feel like sometimes when I'm playing in the ladder while 2v2s were going on. It took a little while to find some games and it just, it stifles it a little bit, right? Because everybody's so hyped over 2v2s.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I really saw that happening. Um, but then again, I could have also not been paying attention while it was happening. So, there's a, you know, I'm always confused, right? So <laughs> yeah. who knows? Cool. So that's my, my one small thing. No, that's fine. I mean, in essence, we're super excited that it's coming back because finally we have a way to play this game casually. Without having to pay gems, or be stressed out by the latter. You want to something funny? I don't think
1: that the entire time that the two v twos were out previously, that we played a two v two
0: together, you and I. Is that true? I, it has to be true. No, if I don't. You think don't that's true. know. I don't think that's true. Just because you, no, just because I asked you that question. First of all, I'm always confused. <laughs> Second of all, I don't think that that's true. I don't know, man. I feel like we did do that, like at the very beginning when it first came out, because we just happened to be online at the exact same time and we just happened to have nothing to do. Wait, you're talking about the very, very first time it came out when it was just like a test run, right?
1: Right. Since I'm talking about specifically related to the
0: the summer of 2v2s. Oh, uh, no, you're probably right. Boom. Mm hmm. Um, so tell us about the triple elixir challenge. Dude,
1: the triple elixir challenge. Come on.
0: So I'm not going to lie. I did not really like it too much. Really? Yeah. And I know I should have. It, it, it screamed, Rob, you should like this. But I just, I don't know, man. I just wasn't really feeling it. I feel like it was like, and I get that this is the point. Just know this when I say this statement. I feel like it was so rushed. Dude, it's a, it's a triple elixir challenge. I know, man. I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I was always facing like really angry, like drop your e-barbs at the river and just demolish the tower. I just, I don't like those types of people. So, and they just, they, you know, cry face me all the time. And what kind of deck did you run? Um, well, I did try the mortar deck and it actually did work for a little while, but then I just randomly started just putting random cards together in decks and that didn't work because I don't think I was putting a lot of thought into that process. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. I, I used a Golem Nightwitch mirror beatdown deck. Mm. And it was disgusting. It oh, was I'm sure. so good. Um, you know, it's it's funny because with this challenge, a lot of people were running really heavy style decks. And with heavy style decks, you don't run into the poison a lot. You will run into the execution or tornado, Mm -hmm. but with a clone spell, so long as they either don't have their poison or you wait for them to use it before you clone a golem and a night witch, it just becomes crazy hard for your opponent to do anything. So I I did get the max amount of wins with, with, with the beatdown deck and actually made a YouTube video about it. So it was so awesome and had so much fun with it. You don't want to know what decks I really hated facing? You hated facing the E-Barbs. I hated facing the Giant Skeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh,
0: he's been known to uh, cause a problem or two. Or 10 if you have everything in the middle of its bomb. It's true. It's a lot of problems. 99 problems. <laughs> 99
1: problems, but a Giant <laughs> Skeleton ain't one. What up? So that was fun. But aside from that, you want to talk about a challenge. Oh, yeah. This is like the mega
0: penta ultimate of all challenges. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you can even find words that get bigger than that. Right. Don't even try and rationalize what I just said. (laughs) Just know, just know that it just means it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to this game in terms of challenges, I think. Dude, the crown championship challenge
1: in the game, so different than it was ever done before, right? With the last CCGS challenge, if you remember, they had like... 200 different tournaments that you had to sign up for, or you know, find out what times they were going to be played online, and then you had to get the top 20 of a thousand person tournament in order to qualify for CCGS, right? Which is like never going to happen for most people, right? And how much better is it that they made it an in game challenge where you have to get 20 wins before three losses? And oh, by the way, you got three free tries. And after that, 10 gems per try. I know. 10 gems. It's not even 100 gems to try it.
0: I know. I can't. Dude, it makes me so happy that they finally did something like this where it's like, it's like we said, it's the biggest challenge that ever happened in this game. And it costs the least amount of gems that we've ever seen a challenge cost, right? It makes me wonder why they ever thought it was a good idea to make those other challenges 100. Well, I
1: think the other challenges are different, right? Like this challenge, the purpose of it is so that everyone can play as many times as they possibly can. And oh, by the way, you're yeah, you're getting the one time rewards, but the one time rewards are they're good, but they're really good at very high wins, right? Like you don't get the legendary chest until you get 14 wins. And for a lot of people, 14 wins is very, very hard, right? Like it took me about 15 tries before I even got up that high. So, yep. You know, with the other challenges, the point is to make people play. You know, they give you a free try, but those challenges are like theme-based, like a draft challenge or a 2v2 draft challenge or triple elixir challenge. This one is not themed as much as it is just 1v1
0: pure Clash Royale gameplay. So yeah, I mean, I get that. I, I definitely think that one of my favorite things is the three free entries and the 10 gems to continue playing, but I have to say that my Favorite part of the entire experience, let's say, is the fact that in the shop, there is a special offer that you can purchase up to five times max, where you spend $1 and get 200 gems. Dude, that allows you to play 20 times for $1. Now, let me put this into perspective. Typically, if you spend a dollar in this game, do you know how many gems you get? I do not. 80. Really? Yeah. So if you spend $1 now, really, theoretically, if you spend $5, you get a 1,000 gems. But if you spend $5 on the pouch of gems, you get 500 gems. So you're technically getting double the value if you buy them all.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, when I first saw this offer, I didn't really think much of it. Like, I didn't think, oh, let me buy this for sure. Or, oh, I didn't. I don't really care about it. I just didn't think anything of it. But when you just told me that you can get 20 games of CCGS attempts for one dollar literally shocked me. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And oh, by the way, I would love to have more of these kinds of offers in the shop as opposed to like, oh, spend five dollars and get a giant chest and some coins like I'd much rather get gems because I can use gems
0: to get better at the game by practicing with challenges. Right. No, I completely agree. Um, so all in all, this is a, this is a fantastic experience, as I said before. Um, but did you notice that in the shop above that offer, it says that this is the largest qualifier in the history of ever pretty much? Yeah. I didn't know if they were just like saying that. I don't think so. Think about how many people play this game. It's never been open to Everyone, I don't think any game has ever had a qualifier that is literally open to anyone that owns the game. That's possible. That's true. It is possible. I'm going to say, on record, that it's probably true. Boom. So right now, my max wins in the, in the challenge are nine. And I know you are well past that, as always. I'm currently sitting at 17 wins and two losses,
1: dude. I am... Whew. I am so nervous to play any more games.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, luckily, it's only 10 gems if you want to try it again.
1: I know, but it's just like I
0: invested so much time. I know. So much time to get to 17 wins. That's the thing. It's 20 wins. Like, you need 20. So if you make it to 19 and you have one loss available to you left, and then you lose, like... I don't even think that that's a ninja star moment. I think that that's like a go outside and sit on the lawn and hang your head down moment.
1: Yeah, just like put your head down and just... Let the sprinklers come up on <laughs> in the
0: middle of the <laughs> night while you're on the lawn. <laughs>
1: So basically, I need to win three games before I lose one. And if I do that, I'm I'm quote unquote qualified for the fall CCGS gameplay. And well, you did make it to 12 without any losses, right?
0: So it's totally possible that you could do it.
1: Right. So I went 14 and 0 and then I went
0: 17 and 2. Oh, 14 and 0. I thought last time I checked it was 12. All right. You're doing some stuff behind my back, bro. It's possible (laughs) that I play without telling you. (laughs) (laughs) True. Okay, well, um, good for you. I don't like you, but I love you and I wish you the best of luck.
1: Thank you, sir. And if I do get 20 wins, then I basically get a message in my inbox from Supercell saying, Congratulations. And, you know, I've qualified and all this fun stuff. The, the, the catch with this whole thing is even if you qualify, you don't qualify in theory if you're not 16 years old. You have to be at least 16 years old by the time the challenge is like over in order to actually move on. So for example, if I get 20 wins and I'm 15 and my birthday isn't until three months from today, I really don't qualify. And I just got to, you know, brag that I got 20 wins and get all
0: those cool one-time rewards. (laughs) Whatever. I mean, I mean, if I was, if I was a kid at that age, I would try and do it. And if I did it, it would be the biggest bragging rights amongst our group of friends. Totally agree.
1: And get this, if you get above 12 wins, it shows up on your profile forever now that you, you have more than 12 wins as a quote-unquote max wins in a
0: challenge. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't know, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that. Um, We had actually a shout-out before we go into the balance changes to our buddy Robot. Robot? Yeah, so he lovingly made the two of us uh, new avatar profile pictures for our Twitters and our Discord um, profiles, so they are fantastic. Joe has a smiling bomb with a crown on its head. Yeah, I do. And I have a really, really happily angry rug. I'm going to say it's it's because it's kind of playful. It's not like really mean looking, you know what I mean? It's like grr. It's like growling a little bit. Yeah, man. So, Robot,
1: thank you so, so much. Not only for being a part of the community, but for
0: hooking us up with some awesome profile pics. And a huge shout out to his clan, another clan that is part of the Friends of Cast Royale. Uh, 50 Kings, that's two words, five zero K 0 kings um, And we will put his hashtag in the show notes so people can join. Boom. Boom. So, last thing, we're going away. Ah, that's right. I almost forgot about this one, man. Well, you can't forget because if you forget, you don't go and I'll be there without you and that'll be really bad.
1: Right. So Rob and I and our families are going on a family vacation for our father's 60th birthday and we are going to Florida. Let's go. Going to
0: get me some uh, region exclusive Pokemon when I'm down there. Hmm. I forgot you play Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I didn't forget that. Right. You're not confused there.
1: No, definitely not. So, we will be taking not next week, but the next episode off, and we will resume for the following episode in theory two weeks after that. So, we will be taking a little hiatus for
0: the let's just call it end of summer vacation right before yeah. Labor Day. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it'll feel like a really long time because, you know, we do every other week. So it'll feel like three full weeks, which it technically is, but you're only really missing one episode. So we will see you guys back in the feed on or around September 10th, I believe is the date. I think that's the Sunday. Yep. So we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. I'm thoroughly looking forward to our vacation. I cannot wait to just take a break. Totally agree. (laughs) Well deserved, Joe. Thank you. Well deserved for you too, Rob. I think maybe It's, it's debatable. True. Okay. So let's move on again. Well, we have some balance changes to talk about. Balance changes! So the 8-11 balance changes hit with a boom. And we got a lot of things that I think no one was really expecting. And some cards really got hit seriously hard. Um, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it. But I think in the long run, all of it as a package is really good for the game.
1: No, I, I totally agree. I think balance changes were long overdue. You know, Supercell went on holiday, right? So they had some some a couple of weeks off, and the meta was getting a little bit stale. People were getting caught up in this, quote-unquote, rock-paper-scissor mentality. The pros were upset. The casual players weren't feeling it. And, you know, it's just when things are stale, they get a little bit boring, right? But these balance changes came out, and they have, I feel, revitalized the meta and made it no longer a rock paper scissor mentality they there's so much versatility going on you can have so many different kinds of viable decks and that's when this game is fun is when you can play anything you want in th- in theory and it has a chance of
0: being successful so long as it's a well put together deck right you're not you're not going you're not going out on the field with a bunch of squishies and you're going to get a three crown correct mhm so the first change is to the beloved Night Witch, dun dun dun. Dude, she got hit like a
1: she got hit like a truck.
0: Yeah, she did. Um, so the Night Witch had her damage decreased by a whopping nine percent. Her range was decreased by eleven percent, and the bat spawn speed was raised to seven seconds from six seconds. Plus, if all of that wasn't enough, when she dies, she no longer spawns three bats. She spawns two. So let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Lay it on me. What does this tell you about how this card was before? (laughs) This tells me that they didn't need to do a little bit of a tweak to make her a little bit more controllable. This tells me that she was out of control. And
1: how about this? This is the second straight balance change that nerfed her significantly.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. So now, now don't
1: just go back one balance change, but go back two, and then imagine how overpowered she was in the meta.
0: Right. And that's not to say that she's still not a really viable option in this meta. Um, I actually know that Clash with Ash uh, posted a video that talked about some strategies that this card is still used in from old meta styles. So you want to look at that uh, video and just check that out, because if you're still trying to figure out how to incorporate this into a deck, it's very useful. Um, but she did get hit hard, so it, it 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 does make me smile, but it is kind of sad, because I don't think I've ever seen a card get hit this hard.
1: Right, so she's still good in specific kinds of decks, right? Like, mm-hmm. she'll always be good in the beatdown style play. As long as she's behind a tank, it's hard to deal with her, because it's hard to deal with the bats she spawns. Right. And she's also still very good in bridge spam decks that require immediate responses from the opponent. And, you know... If she's good in those two kinds of decks and those two different archetypes, that's awesome. As long as she's not overpowered and in every single deck within the meta, that's what you're supposed to have.
0: Right. That's that's literally the definition of balance. Boom. So Mm -hmm. I completely,
1: completely agree with this change. Yep. One more thing before we move on to the next change. 11% reduction in range, right? We briefly kind of just glossed over this. But 11% decrease in range basically makes her her melee attack range go from 1.85 tiles to 1.65 tiles. Two things to think about with that. One, that makes the prince the longest attacking melee troop in the game at this point. And you might say, well, what's the difference? Like, why does that matter if her range as a melee troop is reduced, right? Well, the thing is, is with this reduction, if she is attacking, if if she is literally attacking an archer tower, like if she's on, locked onto the archer tower, Mm -hmm. and the king tower is activated, the king tower will attack her. Or if she's attacking the king tower, the other archer tower can now reach her. So she's not just like sitting on towers with like nothing attacking it. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Yep. And her attack range is still longer than the guards, so she will get the first hit off on the guards. I mean, ultimately, she gets killed by the guards because there's just way too many of them. Um, But, you know, the only other melee troop in the game that will now attack her before she attacks it is the prince.
0: Fair. Good call out. Boom. So, the next change is to the battle ram, which now takes a bit longer to begin charging, and the barbarians spawn slower. Whatever those two things actually mean, because there's no time for either of them. Yeah, I really wish with this change that they would have said, like, what
1: percent slower, or how many seconds slower. Right. uh, For both the charge and and the barbarians themselves, right? Like a slightly slower doesn't help me
0: understand how much more time I have to react. Right. Theoretically, you need two numbers. You need the full original number and you need the percent. But I mean, I would take one. Just just give me the percent. I agree. Because then I can always just like do a a fake calculation and get that wrong
1: anyway. But at least I feel better about it.
0: Right. Yeah. You
1: accountant. Boom. The next change, though. Did you see this change coming? The graveyard. The duration of the graveyard went from 10 seconds down to 9 seconds. So, in theory, it spawns 2 less skeletons, from 17 to 15 total skeletons.
0: Yeah, I honestly didn't see this coming whatsoever. Um, I, I really thought that there was nothing wrong with this card. Are you kidding me? What was wrong with it?
1: Dude, the graveyard was everywhere. The fact that it has, like, RNG, as they call it, right? Like a random number generator that... Mm-hmm. It's just, it's either so, so good or really, really bad. And that uncertainty is
0: just, that's not good for the game. I get that. But what I meant by good, I don't mean that the, I don't mean like the card is good for the game. I'm saying I don't think that there was anything wrong with this card in terms of how long it lasted. Or I really don't know if two skeletons is going to make that huge of a difference. It's not like you're decreasing this duration to seven seconds seven seconds would make a huge difference oh you say that but what if the tower is locked onto a giant
1: and those two little skeletons came out at the end and they're just literally melting the tower while the archer tower is attacking something else
0: I mean, that's a fair point, but I could say that about 15 skeletons. What happens if you kill 13 of them and two of them are left over? It's, it's, to me, it's the same. I don't know if this change actually makes that huge of a difference. I have to actually see it in play and deal with the aftermath of this card. I have to die by this card in order to understand the change. Let me put it into a perspective
1: for you. Ready? Now that it only lasts for nine seconds, you can throw your poison down, which lasts for eight seconds one second after it's been deployed, and kill every single skeleton that gets generated from it. Whereas previously, you had to wait two seconds by the time you could throw it down, and by that time, there's four skeletons already generated and attacking your tower. Hmm.
0: Well, that is a fair point, and that is a totally different way of looking at it, as opposed to just worrying about two random skeletons, two double Larrys. Wait,
1: yeah, that's a good point. So where, so Larry's gone, and now there's two other Larrys gone. Where do they all go? I don't
0: know. I thought that they went back into the ground, but I guess that's not true. Do they just go into the tombstone? Maybe that's exactly where they go. They're having a party in that
1: little tombstone over there. And that's why when the tombstone dies, they spawn out of it. Because they're yeah. just they're sitting down having like a cup of tea, trying to drink some tea. Is that what skeletons do, Joe? They, <laughs> they, they drink, drink a cup of tea? <laughs> they drink some tea. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, yeah, whatever. It's ridiculous. Yes, that's where Larry is. He's in the tombstone. I'm not 100% sure about this change, but I guess I like it. Maybe we'll see what happens. The next change, though, is to the Electro Wizard. And this isn't really a huge change, but its hit points did get decreased by 2%. Why do you think that they made this happen?
1: Because this change was done in conjunction with the Mini P.E.K.K.A. change.
0: And the Mm. Mini P.E.K.K.A.'s
1: damage got increased by 4.6%, which is a very, very calculated percent, right? Like, I don't think we've ever seen something increased by 4.6% as opposed to 5%, right? Yeah, it's usually very even or even odd numbers. This increase now allows the Mini P.E.K.K.A. to one-shot the Musketeer, the Wizard, and now with this reduction to the Electro Wizard, the Electro Wizard in one shot. Yeah, that's
0: a good point. Does a Fireball kill this now? Uh, It does not. Hmm. Okay. Well, then it's definitely for the Mini P.E.K.K.A. So I I, I agree with you. So now let me ask
1: you this question. Mm Mm-hmm. What card did the Night Witch
0: stifle? Uh, The Mini P.E.K.K.A. Because both cards are four-cost, and if you're going to really include a four-cost card, why would you choose the Mini P.E.K.K.A. if you could just get the Night Witch? Right, the Night Witch used to hit like a truck, right? She
1: She used to be so good, and she used to do so much damage. And oh, by the way, she spawns air troops out of her sides. Like, come on. So... Now she's getting nerfed tremendously, and the mini Pekka is getting a significant buff. Like four point six percent increase to damage might not sound like all that much, but when you combine it with the Night Witch reduction and what cards it can now one shot, this card is very very viable, and we've seen that
0: over the course of a week because it is everywhere right now. Right. No, I agree. Um, anything else to say about those two? Because they kind of go hand in hand, I think. Nope, that's it. All right. So the next change. Is to the heal spell, which had its duration decreased from three full seconds to 2.5 seconds. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. If we were doing a boom in a movie episode, this would definitely be a triple boom. I would penta boom this one, yeah, dude. This is, a, this is a really good one. Uh, this spell clearly lasted a little bit too long. It made three muskies. Uh, the Battle Ram and a bunch of other cards just have too much power and throw around too much weight within this meta. Um, and we've been asking for uh, quite some time to have a uh, a nerf to the heal spell. And I'm, I'm happy to see that they didn't overdo the change, so to speak. I like that they just did a half a second. So we'll see how that turns out. I don't necessarily think that this is the last change that's going to happen to this card. I don't think that they're going to change the duration again anytime soon, though. They might change how much it actually heals, though. Okay, so let's put that into perspective, okay? Because like when you
1: talk about 2.5 seconds versus 3 seconds, like what does that really mean, right? Right. The heal spell isn't changing how much it heals per second. They're just changing how long it heals for. Mm-hmm. So it still heals the same amount of, of health per second, which is 176 health. And that's at tourney cap. At tourney cap, correct. Previously, over the course of three seconds, it would heal for 528 health. Right. It now heals for 440 health, which is 88 health less
0: than it was previously.
1: Or about a
0: 17% nerf. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why That's why they're not going to write down by 17% because that sounds a lot worse. Right. I also think that it was just easier to say it
1: this way, right? Right. No, I agree. 3 seconds to 2.5. And they did this once before, right? We saw this style of change with the Tornado spell. Mm Mm-hmm. And they just made it less effective. It still did the same amount of damage over time, but just for less time.
0: Yeah, no, I I am all for this. Like I said, we've been asking for something like this for a long time, but I still don't think that this is the end for the Heal spell. Yeah. No, I agree with you, but this change is just so nice. Yep. It definitely helps out the current meta. Blossom. Boom. Mm-hmm. So the next two changes... Let's go. <laughs> the next two changes, uh, one of which is uh, very near and dear to our heart. The Expo and the Mortar, both of their deploy times... Decrease from four seconds to 3.5 seconds. So they come out quicker. And it is the greatest feeling in the world. Dude, a lot of people might not think that this is a big change. A
1: lot of people might not think that 0.5 seconds for a deploy time is a lot. But let me tell you something. When the sole purpose of a building card is to lock onto the
0: tower, it makes all the difference.
1: Makes all the difference in the world because it gives (laughs) your opponent 0.5 seconds less time to react to your Mortar or your expo going down. And if they're late, or if they're still generating Elixir, or they're too slow, you're locking onto the tower and you're doing tremendous damage. Now, this, yet again, is a great change because previously, Siege-style decks, that, that archetype took a hit. And it, it was like gone. It vanished completely. Fell off the face of the earth. With this change, you're seeing so much more of that now. And it's not overtaking the meta, although it is a lot more viable, but
0: Mm -hmm. it's now
1: usable again.
0: Yeah, that's a really fair point. And I think people will think that we sound biased because we use the mortar, but just guys and gals from experience, this really does make a huge difference. And like you said, Joe, it gives your opponent less time to react. And I can't tell you the anxiety that I feel every time I drop my mortar and I had to wait four full mississippi seconds for my building to lock onto the tower and pray that my opponent doesn't drop something that just distracts that building i just now i don't have to worry about it as much right you still have to worry about it but just not
1: it's not as painful to just sit there and just wait take i only have to say i only have
0: to say three and a half seconds
1: worth of prayers the day that these buildings become a one second deploy time (laughs) i think the earth will just crumble.
0: Yeah, no. The, the, uh, the planet will actually just split in half. And I'll be on one side, you'll be on the other side, and we'll just mortar each other. Across the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're doing that now. You're in North Carolina, I'm in Jersey. That's happening now anyway. Boom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You want to talk about the next change?
1: Yeah, so the next change was to the Dark Prince, and he had his damage increased by 6%, and his hit speed was increased from 1.5 seconds to 1.4 seconds between each attack. Not only is he getting a damage per hit buff, but he's also getting a how quickly he attacks buff.
0: Right. And honestly, this guy was not doing so well in the previous meta, I'll say. Um, he, really, he really needed something. I mean, do you remember the, you remember the good old days? <laughs> I say the good old days like this was something that we actually had to play a lot. But do you remember uh, Pekka Double Prince? That was like the beginnings
1: of the beginnings.
0: Yeah, that was like the the OG Clash Royale. Um, And that was really when the Dark Prince was probably at his height. And I don't think he's ever been super valuable since then.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Th- this change was long overdue. The, the Dark Prince just never had that it factor. Like, you could never put him in a deck and be like...
0: Yeah, Dark Prince, this is, gonna, this is the role you're going to serve. Right. And I know it's a different game mode, so there's different strategies and whatnot. But when you play a challenge, especially a draft challenge, if you get a choice between a Dark Prince and something else, d- d- tell me what you do with the Dark Prince almost every single time. I always give it to my opponent. Exactly. It really doesn't matter what the other card is. No. I'd rather have a Rage Spell than a Dark Prince. Then. Maybe not now, though. Right, right. Now with this <laughs> change... I might, I might just take the dark prince. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, great change to the dark prince definitely needed. Um, and the next change is to the ice wizard who had his damage increased by 10%, but his hit speed was decreased to 1.7 seconds from 1.5 seconds. So he hits a little slower which kind of makes sense because he's kind of made a little bit of ice, right? uh, When he moves, you can hear him walking through the snow. His hair's a little bit frozen, so I kind of expect him to move a little bit slower. But dude, the damage? He can one-shot skellies. And bats. Yeah, totally necessary.
1: So guess what also now makes the Night Witch less viable? Ice Wizard. The Ice Wizard was like... Everybody always said that the Sparky was like the worst legendary in the game. The Ice Wizard didn't even feel like a legendary because, yeah, it slowed things down, but it couldn't even kill a skeleton. Yeah, it really just felt like a really good control card. Right, but you can't use it in your deck because everyone's using Graveyard, and if it can't kill the skeletons, you're not going to be able to counter the Graveyard. So this allows it to counter the Night Witch, counter Graveyards, counter Skeleton Armies, regular Skeletons. The skeletons that come out of tombstones, and the skeletons that come out of the witch, the bats. I mean, it's even gonna deal. It's even gonna deal with goblins better. Yeah, it takes three hits for it to kill goblins now. Mm-hmm. S- y- the stabby goblins.
0: Right. Yeah. There are no other goblins. The other goblins don't even count. Those speary looking ones. Yeah, they're from a different continent of goblins. Right. I'm not sure where they were, where they came from, but well, they're certainly not the ones that uh, that hold a do, right? Didgeridoo! Yeah, that's the Dart Goblin! <laughs> Did I tell you that I saw a license plate that just said Didgeridoo on it? No. Yeah, like, flat out, Didgeridoo, and I'm like, how? What are the chances that this would come up in real life? They have to play Clash, right? They have they, to. They must. So the last change to round this all out is to the bats. Right, because the bats are good, but as you can see, if,
1: if, if you don't have a lot of them, then they're not as good, right? And nobody was using them because they just weren't, they weren't being used. They just weren't having an impact on the map. And you know, with the buff to the Ice Wizard, if they're going to get one shot now, then y- you can't just have four of
0: them because they will literally be an unused card. Right. No, I, I completely agree. And I think that, uh, I think that this is a, a really nice change. Didn't this, didn't this card before it was released start out with five and then they nerfed it
1: before it came out? Right, so it was planned out, like when they initially announced the card, it was 5. And mm-hmm. before it came out, when they were nerfing the Night Witch, they reduced it to 4 from 5. And then now, after they've been released, and you know the game is played a little bit,
0: and then some of these balance changes come out, boop, back up to 5. Interesting. Hmm. So sometimes, if anything, this tells us, go with your gut, right? Unless, unless
1: your gut tells you to release the Night Witch
0: before nerfing it,
1: yeah. That's a good point. So all in all, how would you rate these balance changes? I honestly might give them a solid, well-rounded, well-deserved, super awesome A plus
0: 100. Boom. I would absolutely give them an A plus as well. This is the first time that we have ever given a set of balance changes anything higher than an A.
1: Yeah, this was absolutely fantastic. I can't go through any of these balance changes and say, This doesn't make sense. I don't understand why they did this. Instead, every single one of these changes, I'm like, this makes too much sense. And if you look at this change in conjunction with this change and how it's interrelated and how everything is changing and Mm -hmm. how the meta is impacted because of it, these are the kinds of changes that we need. Balance, versatility, and fun.
0: That's what we need. Valid point. And I feel the same way Although, I did say that I wasn't 100% sure about the graveyard change, but that's only because I'm not sure how it's going to play out. But, if memory serves me correctly, when I was in school, I could still get minus two on a test and still get an A+. Your memory serves you right, Rob. I know. I know. I know. I, I feel it. I feel it. So that's it for the balance changes. We have a Meta check. Meta check. Yes, yes, yes. That's right, from our boy, Lord Christmas, he came together and brought us another fantastic meta check that will show you how much these changes have affected this game. And dude, you're not gonna believe it, or maybe you will believe it. I probably would believe it. Nothing surprises me anymore.
1: The Night Witch is no more. No way. At the top of the ladder, The top 25 decks of the ladder did not include the Night Witch within the decks. So basically, she goes from being the most used card in the game to non-existent at the top of the ladder. Oh, how the tables have turned. But you want to talk about something that has gone up
0: significantly? I don't know, do I? Am I going to be happy about it? Or will I be upset?
1: Well, they, they kind of replaced the skeletons, and they are
0: the goblins. That's right, the
1: goblins. The pros have found the substitute for the missing Larry. Larry goes away, and all of a sudden, skeletons aren't used as much anymore. So instead, what is used is the goblins. The goblins have gone up over 50% since the last time that we did the meta check. And the other thing to think about is, with so many people using the Night Witch before, people have started to use the Zap more often. And with Mm. the bats coming out, the zap is more so prominent than the log. So if you use the skeletons or the goblins, they both die to a log, right? Right. But if so many people are switching to the zap because of the pertinent bats that are all over the place, Mm -hmm. the skeletons are not as good of an option as the goblins because the goblins survive the zap. That is a really good point. All right, so now let's talk about the three cards in the game that have seen the biggest uptick in use rates since the balance changes were released. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, the Mini P.E.K.K.A. Well, yeah. Number two, the Ice Wizard. Not surprised. And number three, the B.A.T.S. Really? Consider this. You wouldn't
0: have thought that the B.A.T.S. were going to be number three, right? Well... Now that you're saying it and I'm thinking about it and what I just said before about using bats in conjunction with the Night Witch, I feel like it kind of helps her a little bit now, don't you think?
1: It might, but get this. The bats at tournament standards do 67 damage per second each, right? So Mm -hmm. each bat does 67 damage per second. And since there's five of them, they basically deal... 335 damage per second when all five of them are down on the map. Mm. That's essentially the same damage per second as a mini P.E.K.K.A. For half the cost, and oh, by the way, they're flying.
0: Right, yeah, it's a no-brainer.
1: These things have a lot of value, and it will be interesting to see if people, like the pros at the top, start to use these in conjunction with the goblins, Mm -hmm. or as a replacement for the goblins.
0: Yeah, that will be interesting to see. I'm curious. But I feel like if you put the bats with the goblins, you're much more likely to get zapped. Correct. But if you bait the zap
1: for one of them, mm. then it could it could be a strategy. So yeah, I just want to see how this turns out. Are they going to be replaced or are they going to be used in tandem with?
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, no, um, I actually wasn't surprised by almost anything that you said so far except for the bats.
1: Boom, and we will round up this bad boy with this stat. Are you ready? Ready. Top five win condition cards in the game that are being used. Hog Rider is sitting at number one. Mm-hmm. Miner is now sitting at number two. Giant is at number three. Okay. Night Witch is still there at number four. Goblin Barrel, number five. Huh. All cards I have been seeing a lot more.
0: Definitely the Giant.
1: Definitely the Giant. Definitely the Goblin Barrel. Log Bait is everywhere. We might, we might talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, we might. Um, so is there anything else? Nope. That pretty much does it. I mean, there are other things included in the meta check. We will include the meta check in the show notes if you'd like to have more detail. Boom.
0: Boom. So speaking of talking about that a little bit later, we are at a little bit later. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Good, because let's move on to our Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight! And we have a phenomenal deck, which was recently one of the number one decks being used. And we lovingly call it the Loblin. The Loblin! It's pretty much the
1: Goblin without a G. Yes, you you lob the Goblin barrel, and it's technically a a Log Bait deck, so
0: the Loblin just seems fitting. That's true, and at least we didn't go with the Loglin. That sounds even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. the Loglin would be... That's just too much. Right, so we'll just stick with the Loblin, because it sounds funny and we like it, and it is a 3.3 average elixir cost deck, and it contains the Princess, the Log, the Rocket, Knight, Goblin Barrel, Goblin Gang, Inferno Tower, and... The Ice Spirit. So, how do
1: I play this? So, this deck is super, super good in the current meta. And it is the deck that I've been using in the CCGS challenge that's allowed me to get to 17 wins so far. Crossing my fingers for the next three wins, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. And with this deck, it's actually a very easy deck to start to play, but a very hard deck to master. And what I mean is, it's not hard to throw a Goblin Barrel onto the tower, right? Mm-hmm. It's not hard to use a goblin gang around troops. The problem with this deck is that it's very squishy. There's one total tank in the deck and it comes in the form of the knight. And usually if the knight is your tankiest troop, it's not always the best scenario. Right. And usually if you're if your knight is the tankiest troop, there's a good chance that you also have the ice golem in it to kind of assist the tank, right? But at the end of the day, this deck doesn't need a huge tank in it. It only needs one. And the good thing about the knight is that it's the cheapest tank in the game that can attack back. The ice golem is good for two cost, but it doesn't attack back. It only focuses on building. So the benefit of using the knight is that you can get additional defense or offense for whatever you so choose. Now, we spoke before about this deck being a log bait deck, and that's exactly what it is. At the end of the day, you want to annoy your opponent till no end. And the thing about these decks is that typically your opponent is going to have one good answer for, call it a goblin gang or a goblin barrel or your princess. They might have in their deck a decent answer for two of them, but most of the time They don't have great answers for all of them if they keep coming their way. And that's really all you have to do with this deck. You simply have to throw the princess in the back, typically on the opposite lane that you're actually trying to attack. You use the knight to defend when your opponent throws things your way. The ice spirit to cycle and also allow your knight and or your goblin gang to get some additional hits in. You typically want to play your defense in the middle of the map call it in between your two archer towers, that way you can get good value on defense. And the key with this deck is to not allow your opponent to get very good value with one single spell. So for example, if you have a princess attacking your their archer tower, you don't want to throw your goblin gang right behind it and then throw a goblin barrel on the same tower because then they can log all three things in one shot. Right. The key with this deck is to split up your attacks, and that's why I was saying before, you have to use your princess typically on the opposite lane. It forces your opponent to respond to it, and if they respond to it on the opposite lane, they aren't building up a huge push onto your single lane. And because this deck doesn't have a lot of tanks, if their pushes are split up, it's easier for you to deal with. Oh, so you would just throw it on the other side just to split up their push. Just the princess. Right, I mean, I wouldn't throw her at the river unless you're just trying to get chip damage on the tower. I would throw her on the right side of, like, the king tower. That way she can have the long walk. She can do, you know, damage from very far away to the opposite lane and help defend if you need to. And like I said before, she requires a response. Your opponent can choose to leave her attacking their tower, but that's not the best move, right? I mean, she's, she does massive damage amounts of damage over time if she's not dealt with. From really far away. (laughs) Exactly. So the one card that we haven't spoken about yet is the Inferno Tower. The Inferno Tower in this deck is crucial, and it's used for so many different purposes. The biggest things are killing things like the Golem, like the the Giant, and like the Hog Rider. But in the more recent meta, there's been a huge uptick in P.E.K.K.A. use rates. True. This thing eats the P.E.K.K.A. alive and you basically get a plus two elixir advantage off of it. The thing that you really have to worry about with this deck is ensuring that the Inferno Tower doesn't get small amounts of value. If you let an opposing Electro Wizard lock onto it, your chance of winning significantly decreases because then you have absolutely nothing that can stop their big push. Right. So in order to defend that, Use your Inferno Tower to pull the big tank over to the middle of the map and then stop the Electro Wizard with your Knight at the River. One last key tip, well two actually. A push can be an Ice Spirit with the Goblin Barrel. I don't know if you ever tried this before, but the Ice Spirit, if everything is tournament standards, will survive and, and lock onto the tower. It actually will damage the tower and freeze it, right? So the cool thing is that if you drop the Ice Spirit The ice spirit will tank three hits and then lock onto the tower and freeze it while your goblin barrels in the air lands and then does some damage. It forces a response from your opponent. The other way you can do it is to drop the knight at the river and then as soon as you do, throw the goblin or throw the loblin (laughs) and... Lob lob the goblins. Lob the goblins and let the knight tank for the goblin barrel because basically it forces a spell from your opponent. And if if they have... If they use their spells on defense, they can't use them on
0: offense, and it makes it very hard for them to, to deal with the rest of your troops. Definitely sounds like a good deck. Definitely, definitely sounds like a really
1: annoying deck. Very annoying. It gets people very angry. But like I said, it's easy to pick up and use this deck, but it's hard to, to master it. It has yeah. a very high skill cap, and you learn you learn from every game what different kinds of things work really well, and what doesn't work well at all, right? Like, you're going to lose plenty of games using this deck, but at the end of the day, the potential is tremendous, and it's definitely worth a shot. The kicker to this whole thing is the rocket, and that is a tremendous win condition to have when you're dealing chip damage throughout the course of the game to just end it. Yep, definitely less work required there. Boom. So that's it, man. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good deck. Like I said, it's taken me to 17 wins in the CCGS challenge. It's very good. Highly recommend it. But just be prepared
0: for that learning curve. Cool. So we got some reviews. Yeah, we did. So we're going to read out one. We got a handful more to shout out. Uh, The one that we will be reading out is actually from Hog Rider. Hog Rider! 748 from the United States. And they write, hashtag, I'm loving it. Boom. Dear Robin Joe. I am writing this review because your podcast is purely amazing. I love each segment and the time and effort you guys put into the entire episode. I enjoy when not only I laugh at a joke or comment you guys say, but I love when you guys laugh at each other's jokes or comments in a way that really emphasizes your unbreakable brotherly love. Anyway, I would finally like to say that every episode you release, I listen and I really, really enjoy your podcast. And I think you two are great guys, dude, dude.
1: Coming from the hog
0: rider himself. Ooh,
1: this was such a great read, man. Like hog rider. Thank you so much for the kind words. I mean, sometimes I think Rob's funny. Sometimes. Other times I think he's silly. Other times I'm just not really sure what to think, but I'll laugh anyway. And other times Rob's just confused. (laughs) More often than not, Rob is just confused. In summary, Hug Rider, thank you so much for the kind words. We truly appreciate it. And we're so happy that you're enjoying the
0: podcast. Boom. Boom. And huge shout outs to Derp Whales, Go1DF1Aim. It's clearly Gold Flame, Rob. Whatever. And Starshooter21 <laughs> from Canada, The J Man87, and Ariel Sacedo from the United Kingdom. Ariel Sacedo. Boom. Watch it be, Salcado. Or Salkido. Right. Or Salcido. Could be Salcido. It almost sounds like salsa. How about salsa? I was just going to say, it might as well just be like, like mild salsa. Exactly. Ariel. Salsa. Ariel or Ariel? Ariel Salsa. So pretty much, we have <laughs> no idea how to pronounce your name, but let me tell you, we love you. And we love everyone else that wrote in because we truly appreciate when everybody writes us reviews. Like we say, every episode is the number one way you can help us reach more people, and we greatly appreciate the feedback. Boom. Boom. And we also got two new patrons! Two new patrons! Huge shout out to Justin Salisbury and Wesley Proctor for joining the patron supporting crew. Guys, words cannot describe
1: how much Rob and I appreciate you being the backbone of what we do spending your hard-earned money to support what we do and so that we can continue to give fresh, new, fun, and informative content to our listeners. Thank you, thank you,
0: thank you. Thank you. And to learn about all the ways you can help support the show, please go to castforailpodcast.com slash donate. The link will be in the show notes. Boom. And that's it, man. Episode 44 wrapped up in a bow, tied, shipped out, Ridiculous shipping charges because it's international, right? Signed,
1: sealed, delivered. I'm I'm yours. yours.
0: (laughs) You got a lot of energy for an hour and a half uh, recording, dude. I'm good for another hour and a half. You want to just record another show? Nah, we're taking a break. (laughs) Yes, that's a good point. (laughs) We are taking a break. It's well deserved. We need it. We need a rest uh, so we can come back refreshed and ready to go. Oh, wait, hold on. Before we go. You had something you wanted to shout out super quick. Ah, that's right. So,
1: previously, every episode we talk about Discord and our Discord server and our Discord community. Well, get this. There is a new, brand spanking new, up and coming communication slash server platform called Plexchat. You might have already seen this on some Twitch streamer feeds like Woody, who does Steal the Crown every Wednesday. Um, and, and there's so many other people that are, that are a part of it. Clash with Ash is actually a part of PlexChat and he's a part of their mobile gaming crew. And I got to tell you, they are super dedicated to making this app better. And this app, exactly what us gamers want, a place where everybody can come together. Everyone can congregate. A whole community of people can just be one, learn, have fun and play together. If you haven't already, be sure to download Plex Chat in the App Store, and you can find our Cast Royale podcast Plex code in the show notes. So be sure to go there, find the Plex code, download the app, and join our server so that we can all communicate in a
0: futuristic way. Boom. Yeah, so definitely make sure you join, because right now there's nobody in it. It's just Joe and I, because we just started it. Uh, Our Discord is not going anywhere, Um, but... We do need a great group of people to come in and help start this thing up, so we need to be focusing some of our attention towards our Plex chat fairly soon. We will see you there. Or we will see you at another time. Name that movie. Name that movie. Um, Elf. Absolutely not. Terminator 2. Where are you? Um, The Hangover. It's I Love You Man, and it's from Paul Rudd. So close. Yeah, never would have guessed that. That's why you're into sports. I'm into everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into Clash Royale, man. It's true. Which is also a sport. True. An eSport. Boom. Right. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at feedback at castrailepodcast.com. Send us an email. Um, if you want to join our Discord, you can go to castrailpodcast.com discord, and you can join in on the conversation because we're always in there. And also, that is the first place that we post when we have new spots in our clan, which if you do happen to see an open spot, make sure you write the word podcast so we know that you came from here.
1: Boom. And as always, if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at Podcast Royale. That's
0: right. And definitely make sure you check out our revamped YouTube channel, uh, Joe and Definitely, me in the future will be posting more videos. Uh, Joe actually posted two, two, right? I think two videos. Two, that's right. Two really good videos, dude. Nice job. Um, and we are trying to boost our presence because we're not used to doing videos. We're used to hiding behind microphones, so we want people to see our faces. It's a nice change of pace. Recording with a camera on my face was
1: a little bit scary, to be honest with you. Yeah. But it was so much fun. Had a blast, and I cannot wait to do more every week is that it do you have anything else i'm i'm
0: done (laughs) i've got nothing it's time for a vacation time for a vacation (laughs) yeah all right so we will see you in a couple of weeks until next time for another hodgepodge of everything hodgepodge of everything Boom. boom
1: bye bye